it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. In fact, this is Tim May with uh, the Tim May Revised Podcast, which uh, leads me into bringing on my Podna. Podna, you get your new nickname there, Awesome? I like that. Awesome, you know him as Austin Ward. Awesome, welcome back to the second version of the Tim May Podcast uh, for – what was supposed to be the game week, but it is the off week week uh, headed toward the Big Ten championship game, Ohio State versus Northwestern, high noon uh, next Saturday in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, thanks, Padna. Uh, I think this was the – I mean, this was the one that we didn't want to have to do. You know, yeah. We were prepared uh, to come back if, if necessary. Uh, when we talked on Monday – you know, there was optimism, like they're going to return to workouts. And it was, that was the exact same blueprint that Ohio State had followed. And, you know, you come back the next day and they were going to have another workout, another practice and, and media availability. And then all of a sudden that went poof and everything, uh, all optimism obviously completely vanished. And that was, um, you know, that was hard to, hard to stomach, I think, for, for everybody just because the game and the rivalry means so much and we know that things fall by the wayside and and you have to adapt and adjust and everything throughout this crazy 2020. But that might've been one of the more, you know, at least in in the sports world, that's one of the more sobering things that we could have had happen is uh, that, that hallowed tradition and that rivalry disappear for a year. You know what? uh, If people watch our video, watch this podcast every week uh, through the YouTube and off of uh, Letterman Row, dot com the video link i have the, i could not play poker with anybody because as soon as a thought crosses my mind which is like when you said poof and i thought it, the sound effect immediately crossed my mind because people saw my smile was more like <laughs> i mean we all knew it was coming you know what i mean it was just a matter of it happening you know what i mean you've had those moments in life where something you know is coming you just got to get to the to the right room at the right time. And that's what we knew that was coming with the Ohio state Michigan game without a doubt, based on what we were hearing, seeing, even though there were quote positive reports earlier in the week, I'm as in Sunday and Monday, it was not very well founded. And, uh, you know, people I was talking to who were privy to some of those things said, uh, in their mind, it was not as positive looking as, as Michigan portrayed it to be. Uh, and by Michigan, I mean the people covering Michigan, when, when they didn't return to a full practice on Tuesday, you knew something was up anyway. Yep. So there you go. That's, uh, as I said on our rapid reaction, uh, you know, about the uh, Ohio State being awarded the Big Ten East uh, title for one of another term, but being named the Big Ten East representative to the Big Ten championship game, despite it only playing five games so far, uh, that's, uh, that train has sailed about what has happened, it's now time to move on. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna definitely miss the game, which had not been interrupted uh, since, since 1918. Uh, that was the first year they started this long run. And as we pointed out, uh, it's ironic that that long run started in a year when there was a pandemic. In fact, the Spanish flu, when Ohio State played very few games even that season, but, but got the game in. Of course, it wasn't called the game, it was just called, hey, here comes a game with Michigan. Uh, there weren't M's blotted out on campus, et cetera, back, in, back then. You know, uh, it's, you know what I mean? I mean, now it's a big deal. It's gone maybe even bigger than maybe it should be when you consider the uh, last 20-year results in this thing, last 19 years, Ohio State holding a 17-2 and record in the game. But, uh, you know, as, we t- as I pointed out in the rapid reaction, too, uh, uh, awesome. Things have changed in a lot of ways, and this kind of punctuates it because, like I pointed out, 
Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade opted back in in uh, when was that? Uh, late September, early October, yeah. where they had left the team after it looked like Ohio State wasn't going to play in the fall. They opted back in not to play Michigan again, although that was going to be a bonus for them, but it was to try to get another shot at a national championship, perhaps another shot at Clemson. And uh, they didn't want to leave here uh, with that taste in their mouth that they had from that Clemson game at the uh, end of last season when they were beaten in the in the college football playoff semifinal. Uh, a, they felt like it was taken away from them in many respects. But then, you know, we all know what went on, Chris Olave and, uh, and uh, Justin Fields that did that game. But the point being, uh, their whole point, their whole really, their real goal was to win another Big Ten championship. They'll be going for a fourth straight, uh, unprecedented in the playoff era for sure. And, uh, and we'll be going for a, for a berth in the college football playoff. And let's just, as we sit here right now, this is a, we're a, Truth in advertising, we're recording this on Wednesday after we found out Ohio State does get to play in the Big Ten Championship game despite having only played five games instead of the required, quickly required six. That rule quickly went away, just like they weren't going to revisit playing in the fall. <laughs> but uh, the way Ohio State, I think, is in if it wins this game next against Northwestern next weekend, next Saturday, unless – and the unless is if Florida beats Alabama – and Clemson uh, revenges its loss to Notre Dame with a win over Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Now, what's your take on that? I think that the that Ohio State will be in if they win the Big Ten championship game regardless. And I understand, um, you know, the doomsday scenarios and playing that out. Be I, out. I personally have a hard time believing that uh, – the selection committee would set the table in any way that would allow Notre Dame and Clemson to play a third time. Um, and that doesn't mean just because they, you know, you separate them, you know, if they, if they could meet in the finals and you still have to watch those te- teams again a third time, that doesn't work. Everyone is going to tune that out except in South Bend and Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, I don't, I don't buy that uh, as a doomsday uh wrecking device for Ohio. Okay, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you now. But right now they are telling everybody that Notre Dame is the second best team in the country and that Clemson is the third best team in the country. And as uh, Greg Barta said, that you know they're going to pick the four best teams in their mind on December the – after December 19 games are played on December the 20th, they're going to pick the four best teams that they think represent the, the nation best – uh, say I'm being redundant there with best, yeah. but they're going to pick the four best teams. And so if they're saying those are the second, third best teams right now, and they've got this weekend off, we're giving this weekend off luxury by the ACC, which nobody seems to be making a big deal about. Uh, why would they change their mind after a game on December the 19th? I think that if we've learned anything that you can apply from year to year with the college football playoff selection committee, <laughs> is dangerous. It's that they will focus – on the loss column. So in some ways it's actually a little bit surprising to me that Clemson has remained ahead of Ohio state. That's one example where I think Ohio state's lack of games has actually shown up. People have talked about who's behind them, five, six, seven, eight, and the fact that Ohio state's remained above them because of the eye test. Well, I think the only reason that Clemson remains ahead of Ohio state at this point is because Ohio state has not played more games because they have a loss. Now there are extenuating circumstances, which leads me to why I think Notre Dame, would get dropped out if they were to lose to Clemson in that game. If you have a full-strength Clemson and Trevor Lawrence and they win that game, that should erase a loss on the road without their starting quarterback. That's how this normally works. I could definitely be wrong about that. Um, I've learned uh, four or five years in a row now uh, of trying to parse what's going to happen with Ohio State and in the final weekend, and I've got it wrong because they would apply one criteria over another that I didn't expect or that didn't make sense um, based on what the way they'd operated before. So I, I don't mean to say, and I shouldn't and I won't, that it's 100% that Ohio State would get in if they won next week. But I certainly believe that they should, and that based on the previous way that this selection committee has evaluated them, according to the eye test, that they would remain above there because I just don't see any way that you can open up the possibility of teams playing three times in a year. That one other reason that they wouldn't want that is because that immediately means that next year you've got to have to go to eight. And I think they've tried to slow play that as much as possible. So that's a lot of reasons why I think that's him. Um, again, it, 
I they can certainly prove me wrong uh, in in whatever it is, 10, 11 days from now. But I, I just I have a hard time believing that with undefeated Ohio State with Justin Fields uh, coming off of what even they accomplished a year ago, which I think could play in some part given the challenges of this year uh, and projecting them forward. All those things to me point that Ohio State gets in with the Big Ten Championship Trophy. Well, here's the fly on your jam there. Or on your, I don't know if you use jam or just jelly, but here's the fly on your jelly. If uh, Clemson barely beats Notre Dame and Alabama wins, beats Florida, which I – I expect, but, you know, Florida can throw the ball, man, and Alabama, that's where it's vulnerable. Uh, and then you have Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and, and Clemson, or Clemson and Ohio State, you're still going to have that rematch. You know what I mean? They're not, I don't think they're going to jump Texas A&M over Notre Dame uh, in that kind of situation. So that's where that kind of goes out the window with me. You know, there are all kinds of, the, there are all kinds of permutations. The you know, the best thing that would happen would be if the two, if number one and number two both win next weekend, and then you have uh, Texas A&M jumping in there with Ohio State probably would be the, the final analysis, and, uh, and we wouldn't be sitting there on uh, Sunday morning wor- worrying or wondering about where Ohio State is going. I agree with what you're saying, but when you put those two teams, two and three, consistently, <clears throat> it, it just tells you what they think about them. But it also tells you what they think about Ohio State that they're still number four this deep into it with half the number of games. And let me – you laid out an, an interesting scenario that I has certainly got me going with uh, some people uh, engaging on social media and elsewhere. I, Texas A&M should not be in the playoff. No way, no how, no – I agree support. with that. They, I mean, <laughs> if they just so – Who do you put in there? But in your scenario, if Clemson – or Notre Dame, one of them should not be in there with one loss. Then who do you shove in there? I think well, I think the selection committee is trying to build a stronger case for the Big Twelve, uh, and and trying to get it back yeah. to a situation where they could put in a champion from that league and try two loss and, two loss Iowa State. Uh, I mean, look, you, you they're going to have to use mix and match criteria from different years to get there to avoid a lot of this scenario, and, yeah. and I don't. You know, that's why it's it, it's so much easier if the favorites just win. But I think that, that there's just no way with Texas A&M, you know, 17-12 to 12 against Vanderbilt, 20-7 to 7 against a terrible LSU team. They're, Texas A&M is not good. And then, by the way, if you're sliding them into number four and Alabama has just beat Florida, well, they already beat Texas A&M. Alabama did, what was it, 50 to 24? No, no. You can't have that rematch. So I think that's why they're looking at this. I don't think it would slide down far enough where we could be talking about, you know, Cincinnati, you know, breaking in or anything like that. Um, I, basically what I'm – you seem to be pointing this out to me, that I make all these cases and it could all fall apart. Oh, no, I'm not blaming no, you. No, 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 no yeah. but you're saying that somebody has to go in. And that's yeah. the part, like, that. maybe I'm not just there yet to see how it should really look. But it also might be a reminder that, from whatever I've said about Clemson and Notre Dame in that game, that maybe we already just know who the four best teams are. Maybe that won't – maybe nothing that happens next week will impact it at all. Yeah. You know what? But I uh, – yeah, I wouldn't put anything past past anything right now. What, what has bothered me, as I told you all along, is that the college football playoff is considered the one thing – I'm talking about its structure, even though they did move their selection, selection Sunday back two weeks – it's the one structure that hasn't been able to be moved in terms of dates, et cetera, at least not yet, you know, uh, despite even big, the big problem that, uh, that is going on with COVID out in California right now, Southern California. You know, the, the Rose Bowl is going to go on as planned, you know, even though there's probably not going to be a Rose Parade, you know, <laughs> or if there is, it's going to be like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year, maybe uh, two blocks and hey, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but my, you know, my point is, it's it's they they what I was saying to they can do whatever they want and justify it. I mean, that's that's what it is <laughs> yep. about the committee. And uh, I agree with you. I've always thought, don't give me a, don't give me a four game four team playoff tournament for the national championship with only two conferences represented. Do not do that because I will not buy it. You know, we've already seen what a bust that was when LSU and Alabama played that one time. It was a yep. bust. Yep. And uh, it, would, 
Exactly. It would be the same thing this year. You know, this is the one year to bend over backwards to make sure maybe four conferences are included. And uh, we'll see if, in fact, they do that. That's probably not going to happen based on the way things are stacked right now. But I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, agreement with you. But, you know, one thing we know is not going to happen this year is the Ohio State-Michigan game, or as Ohio State calls it, the game. I can't believe Ohio State even calls it the game instead of the guy you know, since the M is in the middle of it. There's an M in the middle of the name of the game. But uh, you know where I'm going with that. You know, and I had a, had a nice conversation with uh, John Bacon, noted author, historian, really, of the Michigan program like no other, and uh, one of our great friends. And, uh, uh, and he and I taped two versions because the previous version was in the previous podcast we dropped earlier this week at LettermanRow.com with us previewing sort of the game and what's coming and what could be uh, in the works for Jim Harbaugh down the road. You know, he's already saying that uh, Michigan, uh, I'm talking about John Bacon, is already being reporting that uh, Michigan is looking at maybe a lesser salary for for uh, Jim Harbaugh over the next couple of years if, in fact, they get around to uh, uh, renewing his contract, et cetera, and uh, all kinds of maybe uh, wording in that contract if things don't turn around in a couple, three years couple of years, more years, uh, maybe it will be time to move on, but the buyout would be far less, et cetera. So uh, he and I taped the second version just in case this happened, uh, oh, the game being uh, being postponed until next year, which brings up the big question too is, it's postponed to next year. Will it be in Columbus? I've gotten that question a million times. You know, they played in Columbus every even year and Michigan every odd year back time in memoriam. We'll see how that changes. I'm sure the Big Ten will tell us. We'll tell three or four national reporters first before they tell us. It's a good thing we went ahead and just scooped them as we speak here on Wednesday. Went ahead and just scooped them today on the fact that Ohio State was giving uh, was getting a reprieve and not uh, you know off of the uh, six game requirement and being able to play Northwestern for the Big Ten championship next week. Because you know what, if you wait for them to tell you, I still haven't gotten as we record this two hours after it came out. I still haven't gotten an official release, just the thing on Twitter. But I digress. But I did this uh, interview with, with John Bacon and uh, a second interview where we talked more in depth about Michigan, the way it's sitting right now, and, and, and about its, uh, its what, embattled. Would that be the right term for Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. If he's not embattled, who is embattled? <laughs> Jim Fra- James Franklin doesn't seem to be embattled. Of course, he's got a two-game winning streak. Yeah. is not in battle. He is he is entrenched. Yeah, exactly, so to speak. So anyway, let's just drop that in right here, and we'll come back with a few final thoughts uh, about what's transpired this week and what could be coming around the corner. But uh, this is my interview, ladies and gentlemen, with John U. Bacon. And his promise, ladies and gentlemen, John U. Bacon, one of my favorite people in the world. I know uh, he's got many more favorites than than me, but I appreciate the uh, the relationship I have with John Bacon, a noted author and definitely a noted expert on Michigan football. John Bacon, welcome back to the Tim May Podcast. Tim, always a pleasure. I can return all your fine compliments. Folks, you got a pro here, one of the all-time best. Yeah, and he's talking about himself, ladies and gentlemen, not me. (laughs) But I digress. John, all of a sudden, Ohio State is not playing Michigan for the first time in our lifetimes and the first time in over well over 100 years. Uh, Just how is the world going to uh, deal with this, do you think? You know what? Even in 1918, uh, they played the game. So this one's this one's very weird to say the least. Look, 2020, put it in a heap, maybe light that dumpster on fire, and let's see it down the road. 2021 has got to be better. And look, uh, I think Michigan fans will tell you this. Some will say, you know, thank God Michigan avoided their whooping, which seemed to be on the way. 30 point spread is unheard of to say the least. Uh, yes. But man, the game's the game. And there's going to be a storyline somewhere in there, no matter what, you got to play it. I am confident Jim Harbaugh would prefer playing it to not playing it. Um, it just, it is deeply unsatisfying. That's what we can all say. Yeah. I, and I agree with you about Jim Harbaugh without a doubt. I think he would prefer playing it. No one ever wants that, you know, that label on their, uh, uh, on their resume, so to speak of ducking anybody. And I don't believe in, in any form or fashion Michigan tried to duck them. I mean, the uh, the outbreak is what it is. I mean, Ohio State had to uh, 
had to cancel a game two weeks ago, a trip to Illinois. They did it at like uh, 10 o'clock at night the night before, you know, and uh, this COVID-19 thing has been quite real, as we all know. Ohio State, uh, in essence, made it to the starting line against Michigan State last week, did, did so without its head coach, Ryan Day, and three other coaches, along with three members of its offensive line. So, uh, you know, this uh, COVID-19, when it comes knocking, man, it knocks hard. And, and uh, you know, to, to put any other label on it, I think, would be folly. But, you know, that allows us to move on and, and just kind of discuss the future of Michigan football. John, is, is Jim Harbaugh in the picture for 2021 for Michigan football? What's, just what's your take? Uh, my take does not count for much, but my sources might. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think the safest thing for both Harbaugh and for Michigan uh, would be for Jim to go to the NFL where they, he's still in demand. Texans, New York Jets, Chicago Bears, Falcons. Uh, of course, Detroit Lions are always looking for a coach, right? Maybe you this year. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would be a definite move. Go ahead, though. I, I know this, Tim. You could not do worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean. So, so that's, that's still out there. And yet what I'm hearing, this is on December 7th, uh, just for the record, um, and I'm writing about it right now, but we might know by midweek. Uh, I'm hearing they're trying to get an extension done, and the odds are about uh, two to one that they'll get it done, which is not 90%. It's not 95%. It's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, but right now that's where things are leaning, which – probably, frankly, will not please Michigan fans, which is a stunning thing to think about when they were the euphoria amongst Michigan fans was unprecedented, of course, in 2014 when he's coming, the Messiah. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to believe that this will now disappoint them. Um, but I think it would. Uh, regardless, if he gets re-signed uh, for this, um, he's got three or four years to make it happen. The contract would be incentive heavy. In other words, your salary goes down, the incentives go up, beat the Buckeyes, win a Big Ten title, et cetera. Um, if I had to bet right now, I bet that my sources are correct about this and it's probably going to happen. That is an extent. This is so weird, though. When, when, when Urban Meyer came out of his sabbatical, I call it a sabbatical now, not his first retirement, <laughs> back in uh, late 2011, remember the week of the game is when the news broke. Oh, he yeah. was going to become the head coach at Ohio State. Uh, yeah, euphoria reigned. This guy had won two national championships at Florida, people could see what was coming, and then he delivered. That's the big thing. He delivered immediately. Uh, the same I – I would, I would put the same euphoria with the Michigan program and the Michigan fans and what they had endured under Rich Rod and, uh, and, and Hoke. And, uh, you know, they saw, I think, a, a big turnaround coming. And it didn't happen, John. And, and – you know, we could sit here for four hours on this podcast talking about what didn't happen, what didn't come right. But uh, to this juncture, what's been, what, what hasn't happened there? What, what, what's missing in the, in the Jim Harbaugh, uh, in the Jim Harbaugh era, other than just the W's, the, the key W's, let's put it that well, way, the big W's. As you might imagine, Tim, I get this question a lot, and I, my answers are incomplete. However, I can say the first two years, which almost makes it harder for Michigan fans now, he went from five wins to ten wins. They were blocking and tackling and having four-hour practices, all this good stuff. In 2016, of course, two top four teams met in Columbus, double overtime, and everyone assumes they're that close. Okay, it's a matter of, you know, not if, but when they crack through, of course. And then uh, did pretty well in 2018 – got blown out in the horseshoe, Michigan did. Um, what's more mysterious is what happened in 2019, what's happening this year. And it's, it's hard not to conclude, solely looking on the field, that you've lost your team because that team is not playing. Uh, look, it's not just lacking the talent of Ohio State. Penn State was 0-5, man. That game was yeah. at home. Uh, yeah. Michigan State has got two good wins, and one of them's over Michigan. <laughs> yeah. And the Buckeyes did what the Buckeyes are going to do to Michigan State. So – uh, they, got, they got trounced by Indiana. Um, they're just playing bad football, frankly. Um, they, yeah. You are what your record says you are, and two and four seems about right. And that is – who saw that coming? I didn't. Well, you know, you can't spell the word malaise without the M, right? And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that, that does appear to be a little bit of, of, a good, of a good word to describe this, you know? I mean, uh, uh, is it – can it be – you know, everybody wants to put simplistic answers on it. You know, for example, lack of developing a big-time quarterback. Uh, it's funny. It's yeah. Funny. It, it, 
you thought that would be a given, right? And under Jim Harbaugh, I would think, right? Well, in fact, it seemed to be, I mean, A, of course, San Diego, that guy got to a camp, you know, a Division II school. Yeah. Probably Stanford, of course, Andrew Luck, uh, Kaepernick in, uh, the, with the Niners and so on. Yeah. Harbaugh's first year at Michigan, Jake Rudak, a backup at Iowa, uh, ends up being a damn good quarterback in the Big Ten for Michigan. So think, okay, he is the quarterback whisperer, and it's not happened since. In fact, it's going the opposite direction. For all the hula blue over Joe Milton, the guy flamed out in just a few games. And what used to be the third-string quarterback is now running this team. Yeah. Uh, so that, that uh, stereotype is certainly out the window at this point, I would say. Um, and just stunning stuff. And, well, they're doing work upstairs on my 127-year-old house, Tim, so bear with me. Okay. Somebody's got to fix it. Go ahead, though. They probably won't be me. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny? Cade McNamara? I mean, Cade McNamara, I, I like the spark he brought, you know? when I mean – he looked legit. He is literally he. You can see the passion he's playing with, and uh, I didn't see that in Milton, man. I just uh, I don't know what I saw in Milton, but it was like a strange uh, year of just watching him not develop as the year went on into like. I mean, I'm just talking about body chemistry, et cetera. He may be the greatest leader there ever was in the in the locker room, et cetera. But I thought McNamara at least has brought some spark. Absolutely. Look, he's passion and precision he throws almost no picks uh again it's based on you know two and a half games whatever yes uh, but joe milton actually got worse game by game his best game was his first game uh, up in minnesota a ranked team at the time where everyone yes. thinks wow he really is the next coming this is the guy um and of course that flames out very quickly and he looked horrible in many games since um but the wisconsin game was a debacle um obviously so um so there they are so honestly if you're trying to circle what is working well at Michigan right now, I would say Will Hart, the punter, is having a good year. <laughs> hey, Drew Crispin for Ohio State just, uh, just came off his greatest uh, maybe performance of the season also at Michigan State where if he could punt there every year, he'd be the Ray Guy Award winner hands down. But, uh, but you know, past that, past that, what, what are you two punts a game, Tim? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of punting uh, going on with the Buckeyes. <laughs> but past that uh, – so your sources, your sources think there's a, a possible contract extension coming, et cetera, um, I think, or at least I, I think you gave me the odds were, what, two to one or something like that, not right. 100%, but, you know, but. Uh, what, Meaning that way. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think is the right path for, for Michigan football at this point? I think the safest play for both Harbaugh and for Michigan is for Jim to take one of the NFL offers and for Michigan to – and there are plenty of good coaches out there. Campbell comes immediately to mind, of course, oh, yeah. at Iowa State. Uh, he's already expressed apparently privately some interest in the Michigan job. He's a Midwestern guy. Look, if you can win at Iowa State, you'd think you could win at Michigan, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's certainly out there. There are other good possibilities. Luke Fickle, of course, is a very intriguing one. Uh, as his, you know, he bleeds scarlet and gray, nothing but Ohio guy. Wait, let me interrupt you. So did Gary Moeller. Go ahead now. Oh, so, <laughs> oh I mean, the list is long up here. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we've been picking uh, Ohio's pocket for a long time for coaches and for players. So, yeah. Sorry about that drilling. Is that going to screw things up? No, no, I don't even hear it. I just hear oh. your, uh, I just hear uh, bacon fries. all okay. I hear. Um, so there are plenty of possibilities out there. That is the safest move for both Michigan and for Harbaugh. Keep in mind, people don't always do the safest thing. And Jim's, Jim has faced long odds many times. It does not seem to scare him, so it won't stop him. Okay, let's get to the brass tacks here, John. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't believe anyone knows more about Michigan football than you do. I mean, I'm talking about – I mean, there may be people who know as much, but uh, how tough is, have these last 20 years been – uh, you know, just don't, I mean, you're, you're, I think you're a fan of Michigan, but to, what always get, gets me is you're, uh, you're an objective. You, you're like a lawyer, you know, you just cut right to the chase is the way I like about it. You cut right to the facts and uh, two and 17 against your rival. I mean, how tough has this been? Because, you know, you remember the days of two ten and one, uh, John Cooper against Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State against Michigan, but to be on the other side of that kind of coin, what, what is it? What has it been like? Uh, the weirdest part is how. Look, I mean, when I grew up, first Ohio State game I was aware of as a seven-year-old was 1972, loss 73, tie 
of course. 74 lost, 75 lost. There's always top five teams on both sides. Archie Griffin single-handedly ruined my childhood, just for the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me, let me add, because he's the star of all four games. I met him as an adult, of course, been around him a few times. As you already know, he's one of the finest human beings you'll meet in any line of work. So exactly. I joke with him that now you've also ruined my adult because I can't hate this man. And you just, yeah. you just can't. He's just too, too much class. Um, so you grew up with that, but those are all tight games. You figure it's got to happen sooner or later. And, of course, 76, 77, 78, Michigan wins all three. And it's basically been a you know, tug of war back and forth until the 90s and now the 2000s. What's dispiriting for Michigan fans now going forward is how many of these games they're not even in. How many of these games you don't even think they're going to be in? Uh, last year, this year, of course, if they play the game, it's going to be a disaster, uh, probably for Michigan. Um, that is shocking. Um, yeah. Two wins oh, out of seven teams you point out. Tim, if either one of us had been offered that as a bet over under two in 2000, yeah. I would have bet this very ranch. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't have blinked. Yeah. Should, should an annual game – be serve as a referendum, meaning you only get to play it once a year. You can have a bad, you can have a bad day. You can have a bad, in from Michigan's point of view, a bad call. You know, I mean, a bad judgment by an official. Should it be a referendum? I'll answer that in two ways. One, of course not. It's only one game out of a whole year. Two, right. it has to be because it's Michigan Ohio State, <laughs> yeah. and that's the beauty of this thing. There's no second chances. They're not divisional rivals. You ain't going to see him in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get one whack at this thing, and then you got a year to think about it, um, which is what I love about this game. How many – no other sport has this, not the NFL. Certainly not baseball or basketball or hockey. You get one shot per year of the most important game on your schedule. That is a beautiful thing. So it's yeah, irrational. Thanks. You're right. It's irrational, but it's what you sign up for. Yeah. Well, you know, how, you know John Cooper went 2-10-1 against Michigan. But John Cooper went 2-10-1. You follow my drift? That's uh, 13 seasons. Uh, ultimately, that's not what, you know, in essence, uh, got him fired at Ohio State. Uh, I mean, it didn't help him at all. Uh, in your heart of hearts, before we go here, will, will Jim Harbaugh be the head coach at Michigan in uh, 2021? You know what? A month ago, I would have said not very likely. Um, but now it's based on my sources, not based on what I think should or might, you know, yeah. whatever happened. Based on my sources, I think that he will be. Um, that's how Michigan rolls. Now, the fans may not like this, and certainly the pundits are at Michigan all day long. Um, but if you're asking me what's going to happen, that is the most likely scenario. Yeah, even in a week, when, in, in a, week, in a year uh, like no other, when there wasn't a, a version of the game, uh, the game still comes to the forefront as far as uh, the Big Ten is concerned, as far as Ohio State-Michigan are concerned. Right, John Bacon? There's no question. And look, what I love about Buckeye fans is this is still, even when Michigan's down, this is still their game. I also agree with Chris Spielman, who said a few years ago, of course, that, hey, Michigan's not upholding their end of the deal. Uh, Buckeyes, Buckeye fans, I know, and I know plenty, not as many as you do, but I know a lot, and they've been quite good to me, shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're fair, they, they appreciate it. So anyway, uh, I'd say about 80% want Michigan to win sooner or later to make the thing count again. Now, of course, it's never this year. <laughs> they don't want to lose yeah. this year. But in general, as a hypothetical, 20% just want to hammer Michigan every chance they get. Uh, but I think the general sentiment is for this thing to really be what it's supposed to be, it can't go 2-17. and 17. It's not how it works. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, Army-Navy, one of the things that made it big with uh, Alabama-Auburn was the occasional one-sidedness of it, you know, uh, through a span of years. But 19 years – is a long, long time for it to be one-sided. And, you know, it kind of tilts it, uh, so to speak. And, and yet, you know, Ohio State still wants it to go on a little bit longer because they still haven't, uh, uh, what do you call it, equated the series, the series overall, the series record. But Michigan did have that big, big head start way back when. Well, yeah, but, and look, I mean, uh, it's about a 20-year head start on the program, I think, something like that, just to start out with. And they're in the Big Ten, of course, 20 years before the Buckeyes. So all that stuff. Hey, look, I guess they, all those games count. Uh, yeah. 22 and 17, man. I mean, that is – I, I count basically the rivalry from 1918 forward. When they're both in the Big Ten, now it matters. Yeah, the games before, the Fielding Yost games all count and blah, blah, blah. But it's basically the last 100 years. The last 20 years, that's one-fifth of that rivalry. 
Yeah. <laughs> some point. Exactly. That's kind of what it is, right? So. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's John Bacon. And uh, I always love when bacon's frying in the Tim May podcast. Uh, John, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast again, my man. Tim, always a pleasure. And I'll, and I'll do it anytime. How about that? There's my hey. promise. Hey, seriously, if things come down, I may get you on again next week, you know, or two weeks from now. If, if in fact, that extension comes through or the uh, – What's the opposite of an extension? <laughs> uh, <laughs> reeling in the big ones. But uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that, right. <laughs> there's no, there's few people in the world I like more than John Bacon. Thanks for joining the Tim May podcast, my man. Tim, always a pleasure, pal. Thanks. Okay, we're not going to get out. We're not going to move any farther from this. You know, John Bacon knows, like I said, Michigan football about as well as anybody, right? And uh, there are some big decisions being made up there, uh, right? Awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> – it's really shown um, the last couple of weeks with the people who uh, have gotten somewhat close to Jim Harbaugh, which is a very small group, you know, the amount of information that is re- re- reliable about his situation and uh, why some of the outside speculation, at least, you know, from what we might do in Columbus, why it doesn't apply to their situation. There would be no question whatsoever in Columbus if, if that record existed for the head coach of the Buckeyes, there would there wouldn't be a conversation about an extension. There would not be like that coach would have been fired. He probably would have been fired last year. Um, and I think that that's really been laid stark here. The differences between these two programs and what they want to accomplish. And I you know I hope that this doesn't mean that the rivalry can never come back to the glory that it once had. But Michigan simply does not seem to treat it with the same urgency, importance, uh, any fervor. Yeah, they just – they don't – it doesn't seem to be the priority for them the way that it is for Ohio State, which is why they lose it every year. So, I, you know, I don't – it's been fascinating to see this play out, especially with this situation, because you just can't – just can't relate to it. That would not be how we would be covering that situation if it was reversed. A definite, a definite repeat from that first version of this podcast we dropped earlier this week <laughs> is going to be – the conversation you and I had, let's, let's just kind of try to recreate it, but with some prompting from me and maybe you prompting me, you, you prompting me, uh, me prompting you, you prompting me. There we go. I finally said it right the third time. Uh, you know, Austin, really, I've, I've said you can't spell malaise without the M. The malaise, you came back with. The malaise and blues. And then I can't, no, you said malaise and blue. Malaise and blue. And then I came back with, oh, yes, that's great. Let's make it the malaise and blues because that's clearly. We're thinking that they're watching the same podcast from Tuesday. That's okay, man. Deja vu all over again. Uh, that's one of the great lines of all times, isn't it? I mean, but it's not just funny ha-ha. It's funny as in ironic. I mean, this is the they – were, they were so beating themselves on the chest in the – in the 1990s and even into the early 2000s, even though the streak was, you know, the, the malaise was about to begin and they didn't know it, you know, the fire was over the ridge. It wasn't going to hit them. Uh, well, it did. Uh, but uh, the, there is a, almost a malaise about the, the Ohio State-Michigan game as far as Michigan is concerned. I think about their current plight with their current head coach. Don't you agree? Yeah, and that, that part I think – And definitely – wait a minute. Definitely blues. They're definitely blues. Without without a question, especially if you're talking about – because that fan base has not checked out. They still care about it. You look – you can take any measure, you know, whether that's uh, the amount of gear that's sold, obviously the tickets that are still sold when, when we're allowed to – when people are allowed to be in the big house or the horseshoe, um, you know, page views when you – you know, back from other places that I've worked when I would be able to see, like – what, what people are reading. Ohio State and Michigan are number two nationally in almost every almost everywhere you look. They are the premier programs in the country. And so the interest in, in Michigan football has not waned. Nope. And, and my point to that is there seems to be a disconnect between the fan base and their expectations for what that program should achieve and what the administration, whether that's the president or athletic director or whoever, what they – believe is successful for their program, what they require from it. Because like I said, if this had happened in Columbus, there is no way that it would be acceptable what Jim Harbaugh has done. I mean, this is six years, and they're talking about letting him stay through seven and giving him an extension 
Now, maybe that extension is designed not to be fulfilled, but that's not the point. You would have never got to this level if that coach had been in Columbus. So that is that tells you or tells me that Ohio State's uh, mission, its university, its uh, every every part of it is is working in lockstep. That this is important and this is what they want to accomplish, and that's the same with what the fan base expects. And Michigan seem to be completely on separate tracks, and that's created this problem because they're not they're not meeting the expectations for each other. And that's I don't know how they solve that. Yeah, you know the interesting thing, you know, it's uh, maybe it's because they're still trying to portray they're the Harvard of the Midwest and. Uh, Football is just this polite little game that's played every Saturday that gives them some reason to go rah-rah or sis-boom-bah or whatever. You know, <laughs> now, that's what they used to proclaim when they were winning Big Ten championships left and right. You know, they haven't played for a Big Ten championship in the tournament era. You know, what I call East versus West or Legend versus Leader. Yep. Uh, so, boy, the Legends versus Leaders. Man. Another great decision from the Big Ten. Another unbelievable. I mean, there was, there was never a stark line more stark than the, the line between East and West and East in this league. And they decided to come up with something more, uh, as a buddy of mine said, more cleaver, you know. But I digress. I don't even know where I was going with that except to, to say that maybe they're trying to show that they're above that. They're above just wins and losses, even though it didn't stop them with Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hope, you know. And really didn't stop them with Lloyd Carr. kind of. Lloyd Carr kind of ran out of gas because uh, I think he got tired of the, you know, after the App State game and everything, it kind of started that downhill slide and kind of got tired of it. But, uh, you know, the remarkable thing is the last 19 years, as Ohio State's gone 17 and 2, the other thing that's happened in the Ohio State football program is I believe uh, the caliber of student they're, they're recruiting as football players, not every one of them, but the caliber has gone dramatically upward based on. APR, things like that, that you judge those things by graduation rates. And, uh, and I, I still say that the caliber of person that Ohio State is recruiting now is, you know, this is like I'm, a, I'm casting aspersions on other guys. There were some characters you know, at times in the football program, but more and more, you know, these are just great individuals to talk to. You know they've got futures no matter whether they play football uh, down the road. And uh, it's, Ohio State has improved everything about its football program, including its win-loss percentage. Yeah. And I, I would think that would bother – if I'm a Michigan fan, that would bother me as much as anything because Ohio State hasn't done it at all costs. It's done it with all costs taken into account. you follow my drift? Well, and I, think, I think that's one of the, the parts about that program that makes no sense is that um, when you talk about the, you know, combination of – thinking that they're the champions of the West and the Harvard of the Midwest. Well, what are they getting out of – They've made. they're still making significant investments in the program. I'm not pretending that they aren't. But a lot of them are, you know, going to Italy. Uh, and those are seven-figure payouts during spring football um, or, or on top of spring football. And what is the payoff? As you said, they've not been to Indianapolis even one time uh, before Jim Harbaugh or after Jim Harbaugh. So – I mean, where there seems to be some alignment problems. Like, that, well, that is interesting that they've been to Paris and Rome more times than they've been to Indianapolis. Right. That's and, so, and that's so is that what you're hanging your hat on is that you now, you know, think that this is just an academic mission? And if it is, hey, fine. That's that's fine. Cool. Yeah. But don't measure yourself against Ohio State. Don't expect your fan base to donate as much money. Don't expect 100,000 people to come to the big house if you've now decided that this is a, a glorified intramural. So uh, the alignment, again, that's, I, I, it, it, it's out of whack. And I, don't, see, I don't think that's what they think. I think that's what, what they might conveniently convey that they think right now. But that is not what they think. You don't put that much money into a, into a college football program and think this season – is okay. You know, look at Texas. Texas, I think, now has a 500 or maybe a winning record. You know, they're, you know, they're, supposedly they're tired of Tom Herman, but it looks like they're going to be stuck with him a, at least another year or yeah. two, as we talked about last week. And Go ahead. And their situation is different, Tim, because Texas may have different limitations than what they had in the past uh, in terms of they could still win a national, a Big 12 championship or be a college yeah. football playoff team. I'm not saying they won't. But they, the game has certainly changed for them 
from 10 years ago, uh, and they've made some poor decisions, but their expectations for that program have not changed, which is why, even when they still had Tom Herman on staff, that they were pursuing Urban Meyer, because they believed that they, they had to do everything possible to get back to that level. Michigan's not doing that, and I, I don't understand why that is. It's partially probably due to the fact that they thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be the savior for that program um, and that he could fix everything and knew all of the answers. Um, but clearly he does not. And if you've given him carte blanche to run everything, that's how you wind up with, with Dr. Blitz giving up 63 points, 62 points to Ohio State. That's how you wind up getting you know, picked apart in the secondary, even by Michigan State, which you know has its own limitations and not winning those games. Like That's how you wind up with this coaching staff of guys like Josh Gaddis that nobody else even wants. Like Jim Harbaugh is not some all-powerful college football deity. Yeah. And they've let him they've let him ruin their program by giving him the power to do whatever he wants. So that might be more to your point that it it's not an alignment situation, but they made a bad decision and they really don't know how to get out of it because it's an alma mater and it's a, a legend and a guy who guaranteed victory a long time ago and and he, been, he went to a Super Bowl in the NFL, and they just don't know how to extricate themselves, themselves from the situation, which if that's the deal, fine. But you still, you still have dug a hole, and he's not going to be able to get you out of it. You know, a symbolic photo uh, moment was when on fourth and one, or fourth and whatever it was, and J.T. Barrett had that keeper, and they were awarded the first down Ohio State was, after, especially after replay, you know, the, of Jim Harbaugh going like this. And that that pretty much sums up now, right now, the difference. <laughs> but right at that moment, that was probably the difference between those programs just based on the way that game was played. Now I go out of camera. <laughs> I go out of camera range. Let me see if I can get it in. <laughs> that might not even cover it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's middle of the road. I mean, like we just said, champions of the West, they haven't even won the Big Ten East. And uh, maybe they need to rewrite their song. What do you think? It's probably overdue. I mean, it's not yeah. active anymore. Yeah, I'm not coming down. I mean, I'm just pointing out facts. We're just pointing out facts, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, Michigan fans had no problem pointing out facts uh, during the 90s and uh, during, the, during the 80s, late 80s and 90s, you know. And as I remind people, you know, they look at him at uh, Harbaugh as like, they're John Cooper, and I go, no, John Cooper, you know, he lost some ridiculous games to Michigan, but he still only st- – he started 0-4-1. and 1. He started 0-5, <laughs> number one, <laughs> technicality. And, and number two, except for that, you know, Ohio State was in the running in 96. They're in the running for a national championship. They weren't just hoping to, up, you know, pull an upset. In 98, of course, they beat Michigan, but got beat by Michigan State. Michigan State's really been more the fly in the ointment for Ohio State almost ever since then, than Michigan would, would, would dream to be, you know? And uh, yeah. uh, so that's where we are. Hey, last thing before we go, uh, since this is a, what I call a redo, a redux, this is the director's cut um, <laughs> of the Tim May podcast for this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, do, you th- do you think, right? what is Ryan Day thinking right now? I mean, every time he turns around, something has been pulled away, you know, from this team, this this team that he really thought, I thought, you thought, a lot of people thought was big time, one of the four, three, in my opinion, I didn't have Notre Dame in that list, yeah. the three best teams in the country going into the year. And one struggle, one one thing after another has been pulled away from this team. It's had to rebound many times, including him. The disappointment he felt, as he said, almost like the responsibility he felt of coming down with COVID. Hey, you're, you know, it's happenstance, man. Uh, but uh, what do you think he's feeling right now? Do you think he's feeling like, yeah, we do get that shot. Uh, we're going to come out and show him. I mean, well, what, is it, what do you think is on his mind right now? Because, he, you know, it would behoove them, and we'll talk about this next week more, but it would behoove them, as my wife would say, to put a number on Northwestern because you don't want to leave any doubt that you're the best team, at least in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't think they will – have to go 59 or nothing against Northwestern, but uh, they certainly will want to. And we'll talk about that next week. But yeah, you know, I Maybe easier said than done is what I will talk about next week. I think it's look, 
it's hard to know. He does a great job of most of the time uh, staying even keel and never letting anybody see behind, you know, the, the emotional guard. But I, I believe that there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration about the way that this has played out. And, you know, you have to manage that. It's difficult. We, we're all in – we all have our frustrations that we've dealt with this. Like, we, we under, I can understand where he's coming from. We're not in his – in his shoes or playing, you know, trying to win a national championship, but anybody getting through this year has had things that they've had to sacrifice. They've had things that they're taking away. So in that perspective, we can relate a little bit to him where ordinarily we wouldn't be able to. So I think this is just a, a real test again for him of how to respond to adverse situations, which he's had to do since the second he took over. He's done it very well, Yeah. but this is, um, you know, it's at some point that has to to bubble over in you. And I think probably when he got the positive test for COVID and that, you know, Illinois game was taken away, he wasn't going to be around at Michigan state. He kind of admitted that that moment had arrived where he needed two or three days uh, to, to bounce back from that. And he really took that hard. Yeah. And that was building. I think you talk about replacing urban Meyer and, uh, having to overhaul a defensive staff and the quarterback room being rebuilt and all Clemson loss, the loss know, to Clemson. Yeah. Chase, yeah. Chase Young, the Clemson loss, the, the terrible calls in that game. And then, you know, spring ball COVID, what, you know, whatever, all master T getting hurt on the first day of spring. Like, yeah. I mean, it, every time he turns around, it's things in it. And at some point, you know, maybe this, this gives him a, a had a couple days to, to let it out and break down. Uh, in some ways, and then come back stronger because, you know, he, he's he's done that every time. But this is a, you know, opportunity. He still has it in front of him. He hasn't lost the things that they wanted to achieve. But, you know, he'll be frustrated like they all will that they don't get to play for gold pants. They didn't get a senior day. Um, you know, didn't get to hang a hundred or however many points he may have wanted to. Like that's that's a lost opportunity. Um, but yeah. now we should all be cognizant and a little better at, at dealing with that than we might have been otherwise yeah and to sum up what you're saying he might have had the blues but he didn't have the malaysian blues no no and, he, just, he, he just had a cough and uh and was yeah, a cough and maybe a runny nose but, uh, <laughs> but i digress ladies and gentlemen as always i appreciate my podna my podna awesome word for joining me on the tim may podcast uh we're looking forward to chopping up the uh the Ohio State Northwestern game next week. And, uh, you know, believe me, it's cross your fingers that that's going to happen from week to week, man, from day to day. It's a new challenge in this COVID era. Right, Awesome? Knock on wood. I got right on this desk right here. Let's let's get to December 19th. Me too. And I may tell you, I may tell you even more why I'm knocking on wood right now. uh, If in fact, I'm lucky enough to, uh, to get past the next several weeks, but, uh, but until next time, until next week, uh, for awesome, you know him as my partner, awesome Ward. This is Tim May. We'll see you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.